Here we go. This is it. Episode, uh, this is it, number 128. Episode 128, No Laugh Track Podcast. Thank you to Circle of Heat for letting us play their music there, as always. Check them out online. They're playing around. Uh, if you're in Minnesota, they play shows here. They play all around the Midwest, but... Uh, in Minnesota, definitely check them out. You'll have a good chance of seeing them. If you uh, haven't yet, leave a review for this show because you like it, and then I would like that on iTunes. It would really help us out. Let's get to the guest. Enough business. Dwight Slade is here, who I always have to, I always have to um, double pump on your name because I want to say Dwight Schrute. That's not yeah. fair to you. I'm sorry. Yeah, and there's actually an interesting story behind the connection between the, the, the name Dwight from The Office and myself. Really? Not not directly like it's, but it's a it's a weird story. But but there is a story behind that, and and that's a little teaser for episode one twenty eight. You've done one hundred twenty eight of these. This when we're done with this one. Good grief! I know, right? That's a lot. That's one a week. Yeah, is there one that's me- memorable for you that stands out? Well, I would have to say the first time that you and I yeah, recorded right, one, right? It's the lost, <laughs> the lost episode. We have. There's been. I mean, like this is one twenty eight, but really we've done like one hundred and thirty. Three probably because I think we've lost four or five, <laughs> including one of yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Yeah. Quite a few stand out. That's fantastic. You must be getting good at this. I don't know. I don't. If you uh, <laughs> yeah, there's the confidence. <laughs> the quote from uh, well, the quote from Bill Dwyer who was here a few weeks ago, and he's like, "How long are we doing this?" And I said, uh, "You know, probably forty five minutes to an hour, like I just told you a few minutes ago." And he's like, ah, "What? David Letterman only does ten minute interviews, and he's good at it." <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Take that Who for wouldn't want to spend 45 minutes with Bill Dwyer? <laughs> That's a uh, yeah. car ride. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, we did it. We made funny. it. We made it. We did We did like a solid 60. So I don't know what his oh, problem was. Him, yeah. yeah. I showed, got to the soul of Bill Dwyer. <laughs> that, no. No now one gets People are all, right now turning off and going, I'm going to go listen to the Bill Dwyer <laughs> one instead of the Dwight Slade one. I don't, I don't think Bill Dwyer has ever got to the soul of Bill Dwyer. He, he moves too fast. <laughs> he moves way too fast. But I am happy to say that in the, I think it's almost two years since you've, uh, since mm-hmm. you've been here, I have, uh, my knowledge of your friend Bill Hicks, your late friend Bill Hicks, mm-hmm. has, expa- has expanded so much. I can only imagine how, much, uh, how unprepared I was last time. It was embarrassing. Embarrassingly is the word I was just going to say, but you took it right out of my mouth. Yeah. So we're going to get to the, that. We're going to talk about you, all types of stuff here. Uh, let's start off with the basics here. How was last night? Today's Wednesday. You did a show last night. Last night, uh, in terms of the show, a uh, great, very cr- crowd. What I, what I forget about Acme, if people haven't been here in a while, is the intimacy that the performer has with the crowd. Yeah. I mean, it's this is like... No sheepskin comedy when you get here, and uh, I've if you've been doing bigger rooms or I just did a tour of Canada, which was all theaters. Oh, and so everything becomes bigger in bigger rooms, and this is they are on top of you, and they see the lies here. Acme, they watch your face, and they know when you're bullshitting and you're not being. Uh, up front, and you're just getting through the jokes. There, so this is a this is a it's 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 a whole different muscle that you have to. You can afford to be a little more subtle here, and that's not uh, something that I'm good at. Is oh. su- subtlety? I'm I'm a loud, <laughs> yeah. broad comic. So yeah. this is uh, so. Last night uh, took some ad- adjustments, a little reminder really? of what it's like to have that, and then um, 
uh, I sort of relax after I talk to the audience. Uh, I've been doing more audience work in my my show, and uh, and it it, beca- it was a real highlight of the show. So uh, and after that, I just I was able to uh, relax and get into it, and it was a great show. Tell me about the theater shows. Were you working solo doing theaters? They have an interesting thing up in Canada. Um, uh, where as as a comic you get uh, you can get chosen for these things they're there it's called the investors group comedy tour okay and this this investors group is like a um, a Merrill Lynch or investors type of whatever finance company sure and something i know nothing do, about right and what they do <laughs> is they rent theaters and they invite all of their um, consultants to bring customers and clients and prospects. Oh, sure. And they fill up these theaters. So instead of greasing them with, like, uh, Maple Leafs tickets, right. they put on a comedy show. Right. Okay. So it winds up... And also they raise money for a charity. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, it, it winds up being just really great shows. They've done it for 10 years, and people really look forward to it now. And so it's just... Um, it's, it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah. Is there crowd work in a theater show? Uh, no, there's not. <laughs> no. None. None. <laughs> Unless there was one show where a lady um, on the front row took her shoes off and she had no socks on. Mm. You and called her like, out? And he's like, yeah, I just I just think that that's kind of disrespectful to the, the, the theater in general. It's like, I'm just going to relax and you get to look at my just... Just these horrible cactus feet that are dry <laughs> and bent no. and gnarly <laughs> and just... Oh, these witch feet! <laughs> did she have? Dry, you're saying she had dry heels? She had. I, I did not get that close to it, but I can imagine her shaving the hell out of those calluses <laughs> in the back. And anyway, it's not a pleasant thing. You're trying to do jokes and seeing this woman's crabby feet up front. And uh, <laughs> you're replacing words in your jokes with feet because you're so distracted. <laughs> so anyway, I was eating corns, uh, and uh, there was a. A lot of gold there, a lot of bunions, bullion. <laughs> exactly. Uh, how do you feel about when people take their shoes off on an airplane? Well, I do. You do. So, but but here's the limit. You, you can't go to the bathroom <laughs> with no shoes on. I have saw someone scuttle back to the back with their <laughs> socks on. And it's like, do not come back into this arena with your urine-soaked socks no, not of a thousand <clears throat> customers. And because I know you don't have a uh, lighter or matches, you're not going to be able to burn those things That's while right. we're on the flight. <laughs> but I, per- I like the, the bathroom on the airplane. It's your own private apartment for three minutes. You know, it's just I put up curtains. I make myself <laughs> at home. It's like a little home. Yeah. And plus it's got the button to call the flight attendant. I've just – I've always wanted – to push that button that is just because that's got to be the biggest nightmare for the flight attendant. absolutely i was gonna that was above thinking. terrorism <laughs> right stand there making cokes and suddenly <laughs> oh you've got to be <laughs> kidding me <laughs> that is i n- need this today <laughs> kim you're the new girl you're on shitter patrol <laughs> bring a fire extinguisher because i wouldn't say anything they knock on the door is everything all right? Right, there? right. And just say nothing. <laughs> Stifling your giggle. <laughs> <laughs> when they burst the door open, you'd be sitting there. Can you bring me a magazine? <laughs> some of them nuts. There's no ashtray in here. <laughs> bring some lotion. I'm not done. <laughs> Trying to make the Midwest go a little faster <laughs> under my feet. That's disgusting. Yeah. Well, good, you. Yeah. Good work. Good work. Yeah. Uh, Christmas is next week. 
Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Christmas, the big plans, pagan holiday for the Christians. <laughs> pagan holiday for the Christians. Have you ever tried to say happy holidays to a Fox News listener? That's a, always a nice <laughs> moment of hey, uh, happy holidays. No, Merry Christmas. All right, Mister. <laughs> Whatever. You, oh, if you it's all, Merry Christmas. Eh, okay, whatever. I didn't want to get into a big showdown here. <laughs> just, just, oh, if you actually, if you only knew how much I do hear that. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> but, uh, well, Merry Christmas to you. Well, yeah, and and, and Happy Holidays. And to you, I'm 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 very happy with uh, with uh, with the holidays coming up. I'm. Um, Will you be back home next week, or are you working somewhere? I will. I'll, uh, I spend Christmas with my kids, and then I also uh, my fiance. I'm going to go and visit her family. Oh, you're engaged. I am engaged. Look at that. Me too. Really? Yeah. When did you get engaged? Um, Thanksgiving. No way. November 27. Did you do it on Thursday? The, the, the yeah. Thanksgiving. It was. It was also my birthday that day. Right. Did you hide the ring into the cavity of the of the turkey? Got something <laughs> a little extra for you. A little stuffing. Yeah. It was the. Uh, the grouse inside the turkey, inside the chicken, <laughs> and then inside that was the uh, ring. No, no, I didn't. I didn't do that. I didn't bury it in any food. But uh, yeah, I got engaged uh, not very recently. How so. did you do it? I uh, I, I put a little. Uh, I put a little snow globe. She was getting ready. We were going to leave for the day. I put a little snow globe that I bought at a thrift store. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Spare it, no expense. It, absolutely. And uh, you could twist the bottom off and put your own little like picture note inside. So I did that. I wrote a little note in there. And then when she went back in the bathroom and she was getting ready for us to go out for Thanksgiving, you know, dinner or whatever, uh, then she saw the thing. It said, uh, it's happening, honey. She turned around. I was standing there at the ring. Wow. But since then... And your dick out. Hey, it's happening! <laughs> We're doing it right now. <laughs> and uh, But since then, she's been giving me shit that my proposal wasn't good enough. But my argument is is that she had been begging me to propose for so long that there was really... We, it was, we all... You know, we knew. It was, it was like, happen. boom, I showed the ring and there was no need. It was just kind of, yes, yes, yay, we're happy. So, yeah. what did you do? Well, not to make you look like a piece of shit, but here it goes. Uh-huh. No, I'm. <laughs> uh, she, she had uh, she had always said that she's a big fan of rom coms. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of rom coms. I'm, I'm uh, old school rom coms, romances. I'm a fan of, but not the new ones. Okay. Um, but uh, she loved Sleepless in Seattle as a, as a, she was growing up. So what I did is I had the Sleepless in Seattle movie poster. Remade with the two of you, with my face and her face in the presence of Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, <laughs> and then, and then put our names on it, and also then typed things that were uh, like private jokes into the description. Well, and then, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> and then even down on the the the, the movie lists of of cast cast and crew, crew uh-huh. I put my brother's name, I put her, her brother's name, my kid's name, executive producer, her pet name, you know, she has a dog, I have a cat, I put them in there, and and then I called the local theater of where she lives, Ketchum, Idaho, and I said, can I put this poster up for an hour? And they said yes. So I took her for a walk, I said, why don't we go up to the grocery store and uh, and get stuff for dinner? And she was like, I don't want to go for a walk. And it was snowing outside. and Because uh, I proposed on April 1st. Because uh, uh, as a comic. Because that's what comics wanted do. wanted all bases covered. Right. I went down on my knee and she said, no, I was going to jump up. Well, April Fool's, bitch. 
Joke's on you. That's right. This isn't even a ring. I got it at a truck stop. <laughs> but uh, I got them to put the, the poster up, and then I went for a walk, and I, I walked by it, and I go, have you seen this movie? And she looked at it, and she was completely confused. Right. Because it looks exactly like the Sleep in Seattle poster, but her name is on it. Yeah. And, when she, and so I went down on my knee and, and said that our, our relationship has always been like a love story. And that it's time to go to the next level, and I can't even remember all of the crap I said and bullshit. And it was started to snow. Come on, it did. It was it was not starting to snow, but it was snowing. And um, anyway, it was very romantic. But she's when a very d- romantic person. Did you get Tom Hanks to actually show up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I got Tom Jenks. He's a impersonator <laughs> and uh, kind of a cheap version. Yeah. Four hundred pounds overweight. How you doing, kids? <laughs> Thom Jenks. <laughs> Is that Meg Ryan over there? Nope. Nope, that's a grandmother. Wow. Well, th- thank you for uh, sharing that, and I will not be letting my fiancé listen to this now. So, See? 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 Is this, uh, I hope this isn't too personal. Is this your fiance's first? Will this be her first? No, we're both, uh, this is our second marriage, okay. so we're trying to tone it down a little bit. It's hard because, you know, you want to go... Like she wanted to spend sixty bucks on personalized M and M's at the at the ceremony. I'm like, let's it's we're not children anymore. This isn't we're, we're grown people. So yeah. Let's yeah um, yeah. How about you? Uh, this will this is will be my second mm-hmm. and my fiance's first. So then okay. there's that whole balance yeah. of uh, as you can imagine, right. some one one person you may barely want to even show up. <laughs> you know, she wants a carriage. <laughs> exactly. I'll take the pumpkin. She wants the real carriage. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, do you have a? Do you have something set? Are you? Is this coming up soon? Or? Yeah, it's a very. It's going to be a very quick private ceremony. So I apologize if you're not invited. But uh, oh, so would, would be, I have uh, already got that invitation? You, no, actually. Oh, okay. So we decided on January first, so it's going to be. Oh. Yeah, I, I figure if everyone's hung over, you know, no one really keeps track of where the vows are. So, so we're going to do it. Uh, yeah, in just a few weeks. Oh wow! A couple weeks. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. What are you wearing? Are you wearing a tux? No, I just a nice suit with maybe... Or a pimp's outfit. I'm thinking about <laughs> going that route. Surprise her. Yeah. Come in with a big fedora. What's up? <laughs> the real me, bitch. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Congrats. Thank you. Obviously, I, please tell me you're not working New Year's Eve then somewhere <laughs> at a club. Yeah, I got three shows, sweetheart. <laughs> so, uh... I took New Year's off. New Year's is always a disaster for comedians anyway. It's not a good night to do comedy. But it pays really well, so comics do it. Yeah. And then just it's people who never go to comedy decide, well, we'll go to comedy. Right. And they right. don't understand how it works. And like, Does he just talk the whole time? Or is there a break for music? And No, it's just, it's, yeah, it's just one guy. That's it. So. We don't get to smoke in is here? Are you kidding about all this? <laughs> oh. When did you? So you retired from New Year's Eve shows? Have you? Uh, have you? No, ri- have not, you written I'm, them off completely? I'm not quite financially oh, okay. independent that I can go. No, thank you. Well, you know, that'd be nice. Yeah. How about uh, so? Last night, I, like I said, I have been. Uh, I, I've been. Uh, my knowledge of you and your pal Bill Hicks mm-hmm. is is this big now. Wow, it used to be this you, big. big. My boy. fingers, my fingers are you know just a centimeter together. Now, now much much bigger. So last night I watched American, the Bill Hicks story. American, the Bill Hicks story, which is a, a 
two guys, two producers from uh, the UK, Matt, Matt Harlick, and um, other guys blanking on his name. I feel horrible because he's a good friend of mine. But anyway, uh, they produced a very loving documentary of Bill, and, uh, of which I'm in. Yeah, well, a third it's a- of it. Everyone knows what I looked like when I was 14 now. <laughs> that's, that's one of the many things I want to ask you about that. So <laughs> what... What is that like? Did you have to go through and dig up all these pictures and videos? Yeah, and yeah. Well, we worked together on it. I, I asked if I could even be an associate producer of the film, and they, but they, I realized that was going to be more complicated. But they really wanted to get it right, so I really worked hard with them to make sure that they had a lot of source material, and, and they were... Um, they just did a wonderful job. Yeah, it's amazing. I had never seen it. I watched it yesterday. I loved it. I'm, yeah. like, jonesing for more... Bill yeah, Hicks great. right now. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like uh, I don't know. Did you go to college right? Uh, no, you were doing comedy right away. So, uh, but like when you get, get uh, like for me, I left St. Paul, Minnesota, moved up to Duluth when I went to college, and then all of a sudden, like my mind is expanded in like classic rock, for example. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the inner city. Was kind of like I listened to R and B and rap, you know, like in the mm-hmm. early '90s. Then I free, then I moved away and it was like uh blood zeppelin and all that you know the stones and all that stuff and then i just couldn't get enough that's how i feel like now 20 years later with yeah. th- with bill hicks yeah I, I think that happens uh a lot and i'm very happy about that yeah i'm glad people connect with my friend it keeps him uh, alive and uh and but he's like that he has he has such a comfortable uh feel you feel like you're getting really and that's what I've always said about Bill. He was the same off stage as he was on the on stage. He was a little more um, a, a bigger animated version of himself, but exactly the same. So I think people really connected with his honesty and his truth. And uh, I'm sure that, um, and, and as I, I'm very broad and I'm full of lies, so I'm <laughs> much different. You know, pe- people come to see my show that are Bill fans, and it's like. It's like showing up to a Hendrix festival with a ukulele. Oh, no. It's just not, you know, he's not the same, is he? <laughs> we were expecting another Bill, and he's not. He's just, no. he jumps around, and he's not at all <laughs> like our comic genius. <laughs> so. Well, those people had the wrong, uh, you know, they had the wrong thing in mind when they show up. That's not your fault. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't help them. <laughs> um... I, I, let's see. I want to go through some of the notes I, I made last night. Sure. And he, last night was his birthday, by the way. S- De- seriously? Yeah, December 16th was his, is his birthday. And so I really felt like uh, uh, this is a compliment to Acme, is that it was like the best way to celebrate his birthday was to, to do comedy in my favorite club in the whole wide world. And the favorite club of lots of comedians yeah. in the world. And um, have a great show. I talked to his mom, and and uh, so it was just a great day. Oh, you talked to her yesterday. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, that's awesome, Joy. Yeah, wow, that is really cool. So happy. Kind of gave me chills t- saying that just now. I got it. Good. I have to tell you, that's that's really neat. That's really really neat. I uh, I, I want to ask you, what is it? That, you know, like that that uh, documentary is. You know, it's it's his story, but really because of it. You have something forever now that's kind of your story, too. Yeah, it is It is peculiar to have a chunk of my life sort of uh, biographically right. in a film that you can download on Netflix at any point. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so uh, uh, 
but it, it's it's nice. I want to feel like I'm part of Bill's life because he was a big part of my life, and he and I hope I was a big part of his life because we 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 connected when from seventh grade, and we just became inseparable our whole lives, and and uh, and I I think I provided a mirror for him that said everything you're doing is okay. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he needed that. Yeah. Are you in touch with any of his other family still? Or? Yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is so cool. That is so cool. Who had all the money? Because I'm looking, like, I'm thinking back. I'm a little bit younger than, than the two of you. And uh, there's no video. My family didn't have any home videos because no one had a video camera. Whose family had the video camera that all these, there's all this video? Well, there's, uh, uh, well, it's interesting because, and it's sort of points to a little bit about where Bill came from, where I came from, is that we both come from sort of middle to upper middle class Existence and both our fathers had home video. Well, not they weren't video back then. It was eight millimeter movies, home right. movies, and so you have a lot of home movies of them. And uh, it, it, you know, Bill and I would have never met if we weren't both in part of the socioeconomic same situations, which 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 launched us both. Because what happened was, and I think I'm borrowing uh, a joke from uh, another comedian, but it was. Uh, it was, you know, you were, the, uh, that that Eisenhower era of parents wanted to raise their kids to so they didn't have to struggle like they did. Yeah. And guess what? We didn't have to struggle. Yeah, so yeah. we wound up in the suburbs of Houston with, you know, remarkably happy life. You know, the, you know, five bedroom houses. Oh, okay. Two cars in every garage. The mom didn't work. You know, it was it was just a Caucasian, you know, wonderland. And but we were highly dissatisfied with it because it was a bit of a soulless yeah. life. Uh-huh. You know, there was no everything was hidden behind lies. Your parents locked their doors, and you know, had you didn't know what was going on, and there was problems, and there was this this church life that was a complete lie and and nothing seemed real or truthful and Bill and I were frustrated by it we just hated it yeah the sameness of the lawns the sameness of the houses and and um so everyone's so then the local football team is such a great thing to get behind it's like, <laughs> that's right sports man mm-hmm. and you guys football in Texas was is such a religion right you, know, you gotta it's just Shocking, and you were an all-state wide receiver, right? <laughs> we both played football. Bill was—that's something maybe a lot of people don't know about Bill Hicks—is that he was a fantastic athlete and could, if if he had wanted, he could have very well gotten a full ride scholarship in any number of sports. Really, and uh, you know, if he, that was his gig, he probably would have gone on to be a, a professional. I mean, yeah. he was a fantastic athlete, as his brother was. His yeah. brother was also a great athlete. No, I know. Uh, like he also did music. Were you doing music too? We had, we had a band. Yeah. yeah, we had a band. It was back in the seventies. I, I look at now, uh, and uh, man, we were we were definitely punk right when it was turning to be punk. Yeah. So if we'd been in the UK, grown up in the UK, uh, we would have definitely been in a punk band because that was just we didn't know how to play our instruments. We were all show. We beat the living shit out of those instruments and loud made loud Imagine. angry. Ironic music. <laughs> no, I didn't really know much about. Uh, then I learned this watching that movie that 
that he got such a huge audience uh, overseas in the UK eventually. He was a he was like a one name celebrity in the UK. If you go over there, even now, if you go over there and say Bill, just the word Bill, everyone knows it's Bill Hicks. Yeah, and uh, which was just great. It was so satisfying for him. Although very ironic because he worked his ass off in the United States. There's the clip in the movie where he comes back to the and does, and I don't know how accurate it is. Where you know he says something like, uh, you know, last week I was selling out these theaters mm-hmm. in a country I don't even live in. Here I am back in the United States where I've been, you know, working my ass off for 15 years and I got 25 people in the audience. Look very at you true. fuckers! <laughs> very true. Thanks for the support. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very true. And you've done a lot of traveling. Like all over the world performing, right? Yeah. Well, I've burnt so many bridges <laughs> Come on. that I have to go into <laughs> other continents on the planet in order to sustain my career. So. That can't be true. <laughs> it's, you know, there is an element of truth. Okay. There, but, okay. But, yeah, I've traveled internationally, and, and I, 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 I don't... I don't do as I don't connect as well with international. I've been to Amsterdam and I've been to the UK and I've and I just don't think um, they connect. I never felt like I've I've had a couple shows over there that were very memorable, and uh, but in general I don't think people really connect with me over in the UK. I just I'm too loud and sh- and showboaty and and animated, and they don't like animated stand up. They like real traditional. Your stand-ups are supposed to be, con- you know, they're they're supposed to be they're supposed to be commentary and they're supposed to be this sort of jazzy feel to it, and they they just do not get like the Jim Carrey, loud, animated, or the Brian Regan, or they don't get that kind of comedy that's very broad, or Dane Cook, or or anybody that's that's real overly physical or loud. Yeah, the comics over there are very very sort of deadpan. Their sketch comedy in the UK is very broad. Yeah, it's very goofy and bizarre and loud and, and brilliant. But their stand up is is not like that. I was just reading this morning they had in some Brit British comedy awards like mm. yesterday or over the weekend or something. I was looking at the names of the winners. Mm. I yeah. I didn't recognize any. Graham so Norton was the best, best talk show or something. Other than that, I didn't recognize one name. So, yeah, so. Some brilliant stand-ups over there. Yeah. Lots of opportunity for them. And you've gone to Asia as well. Like Acme did the thing with Asia. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Singapore and all that stuff. You've gone over there? Yeah, the first part of this year I did a, a, a tour of, of uh, UK or expat taverns over in China uh, in both Shanghai and I think Jiangdu and Beijing and Hong Kong. Yeah, it was just unforgettable. But again, I don't feel like I connected with the British audiences like I should. So, and you've done uh, you've done some stuff on cruise ships, haven't you? I've done a lot of uh, some a lot of cruise work. Yeah, and I'm worried about it, but they have been very generous. What do you mean? Well, it's a different sort of environment on cruise ships, and and all, even though a lot of the cruise ships are really finding that people who are on cruise ships want to see stand up because they've grown up with it and yeah. it's a great choice I just would never choose to be around people who want to go on a cruise ship that's not my type of <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> well let me ask you is that something you would want to do on a vacation is go on a cruise ship? Uh, yes really? actually okay. I would I yeah. th- have you ever been on one? once okay. and I, I, I really you liked really? it okay yeah All right. I really liked it um, I have to admit it's a, it's a great way if you know how to cruise it's a great 
vacation. I was apprehensive. I was worried that when I was, gonna, you know, I heard that I was going to be sat next to people I didn't know at dinner, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, what a f- I'm going to be forced to talk to these people. I'm just here mm-hmm. with my. I went on my. Uh, my honeymoon, you know, no. the first honeymoon. Okay. And, uh, right. see how I, well that turned out. See, <laughs> right. see what I'm saying? There's a theme here. There, there Cruise is. ships, norovirus, and a bad marriage. You do the math. <laughs> um, but we, but that ended up being great that we were, maybe it was just we locked out and we sat with people that were of some pretty close to our age and like to party. Wow, and, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't like sitting with strangers either on the cruise ship because yeah. I'm all about the food. Yes. And and they, they're they talking, you know, my daughter's a pharmacist in Virginia. <laughs> oh, no, right? <laughs> Tell me more about your daughter. <laughs> all right, here's the, here's the thing. Are you Do you drink anymore? Uh, I, I'm not much of a drinker. You're not much of a drinker. Yeah. So on a cruise ship... Not much of a drinker. Yeah, no, no drinking. Okay, well, when I went, I drank sure. constantly Good. for seven days. Well, if you're looking to do that, so, that's the right mm-hmm. environment for you. So th- for that, it was great. Yeah. But are they not hiring? Com- they're hiring less comics, or what do you? No, they're 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 hiring. Well, I, that's the th- that's my problem. Is that the cruise ship said we'll fill your schedule as much as you want. Choose the ships you want to be on. Choose how much you work and where you go. And so it's hard to say no to that because they pay really well. And, you know, it's not a bad, as my friend says, it beats the Holiday Inn in Pocatello. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've been doing quite a bit of it. Yeah. So. Do you get off and do the excursions and stuff? Yeah. 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 I did one called, uh, I was in Grand Cayman, and it's called Turtles, Turtles, Turtles. And because uh, they have a, a turtle sanctuary there. Okay. And I was waiting to go on the excursion, and there were some people from the East Coast. And people from the East Coast are, are very loud because I guess because New York is a loud place, and they don't understand how loud their voices are. Yeah. And I, and I love East Coast people because of their pragmatism and their misery is always attractive to me because they're happiest when they're miserable. The more miserable East Coast people are, the happier they are. Okay. And uh, so I'm standing there, and I go, hey, Marco! Are you coming on the excursion? He goes, what is it? It's called Turtles, Turtles, Turtles. And the guy goes, what do they have? And the guy goes, I think they have turtles and shit. Yeah, but I mean, but what do they have? Turtles. <laughs> but like, do they have restaurants? I don't know. And this is all going on over a period of 50 feet. You know, you right. can't walk toward each other. I'm like, Marco, it's turtles. It's fairly self-explanatory. <laughs> it's turtles times three. Yeah, but what do they have? <laughs> do they have, like, rides and stuff? No, it's turtles! More than one. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Those people I would not want to be in a cruise with. <laughs> well, they're everywhere. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, I looked uh, back to uh, <clears throat> the Bill Hicks days with you. I guess that our every day of your life is, but um, I spend more time on my dead genius friend. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. I, I the, uh, the the club in Houston that you guys had to sneak into, mm-hmm. right? The show. Game. I I, I, uh, I looked that up. It's now a. Uh, what did I see? It's not in business anymore. Yeah. It's a it was a dry cleaner. Yeah, it's, a, it's a laundromat. It's a laundromat. Yeah. Yeah, showing that, yeah, legends don't go very deep when it comes to leasing out of space. <laughs> but, yeah, they, uh, I don't know. 
it was it started out as the, the comedy workshop and then they it did so well that they put it into the comedy workshop and the comics annex so it was actually two theaters okay this is long after i was uh, out of the picture but yeah. uh, that really it really fostered the local houston comedy scene that that Burgeon, uh, that produced a lot of really talent great sam kennison and bill probably the two biggest names from that era yeah were you around sam at all you know i i i was friends with him and and uh i had i did one i came i was in houston for uh for new years in 1980 and uh, needed the money that year yeah i met i met uh sam and sam did new years that year and he uh and he was he was so funny and so yeah and so I was, I was friends with him yeah such a brilliant guy I love it I love it um <clears throat> I you need to settle a, a bet for me not sure. a bet but just a an argument an inner wager you've made with yourself mm-hmm. I bet no um this goes back to Christmas do you, do you have a tree at your house beautiful tree Christmas tree mm-hmm. real or fake real real would you ever go fake? I have a fake one. You have a fake one? That's why I cover all bases. That's right. <laughs> That's good. The fake one is up by the bathroom. No. Um, but <laughs> I had a fake one for years, and I just, I just kept it, but I, I like a real one. I hear you. I don't know if that settled the bet for you. Uh, that's good enough. I is would that say kind of like a boxer's brief question? <laughs> what kind of underpants do you have? Uh, I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know, Dwight. No. Tell me the Dwight Schrute's thing. How did that tie in? Well, this is this is the, a true story that my uh, my daughter was with me. We went, uh, we were going to go to the beach, and we stopped for a coffee. And as we we're walking into the coffee shop, I looked down on the pavement, and someone had written in chalk on before you walk into the coffee place. It said, "Dwight, comma, the coffee is poison." Signed, Future Dwight. I'm not lying. I got a picture of this. So I stopped and looked at it, and I went, that is too effing weird. And so I showed my daughter, and she was like, whoa, maybe you shouldn't get the coffee. And I go, well, and I was completely floored by it. It's just one of those situations, like, I have that kind of bizarre luck where I come across a bizarre chalk note from my future self, and yet I can't win the lottery. You know, so I, I didn't know what to make of it. It's, it was a weird kind of unsettling situation, but I got coffee anyway because I wanted one. Yeah, and I, I really ruminated on it, and then I realized there's an episode of The Office where Jim sends a fax to Dwight from his future self. Oh, and Dwight Schrute from The Office <laughs> okay. believes it. Yeah, and so one of the facts said Dwight the 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 coffee is poison i don't know why someone took that quote and put it on a piece of pavement in front of a coffee shop but um and then coincidentally a dude named dwight Dwight stumbles along and freaks him out thanks (laughs) anyway so it took that took literally about a month to uh, configure to figure out i remember at the time were you telling people and they just going, what the fuck man I, i told my girlfriend at the time and and um and she went we have to go back Your kids, Marty. It's your kids. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go back to that place. <laughs> well, <laughs> did you go back? Was it still there? 
No, I was spooked. <laughs> Fled from my life. Not even the co- you went back and not even the coffee shop was there. <laughs> <laughs> Just some dude in the future looked a lot like me. Who are you? <laughs> Leave me. Uh, here's what I was going to tell you. Uh, my my little anecdote. Um, I did a search in my uh, email of your name to see just what I had saved in there. In your email? Yeah. I do Google alerts for everybody that's going to be on the show, so I... Gotcha. Thorough. Thorough. And I had something come up in my email from 2009, an email that I had sent you, and then you replied and just said, you know, thanks. Uh, your, your Your reply was, thank you, I'll never forget the... What is it? Underbiting? The beaver with the underbite? Your gopher? What was it? Do you remember this? Overbite, yes. Overbite. That was a segment you did on the KQ Morning Show with right. us that went so well that I think you wanted a copy of it. Yeah. And then I, I made an MP3 and sent it to you. That was five years ago now. Yeah, we, well, you talked about the, the fact that I, I live in Oregon, and one of the mascots of the college is the beaver. Is the beaver. Yeah. And that, that here in Minnesota, it's the gopher. Right. We both share overbiting rodents as our college mascots. And I and I made the comment that you can't make a beaver look ferocious. Right. It's a bad football mascot. You can't make a, you know. All right, I'm really upset now. I got a a large overbite, and I'm a little bit upset. And and, 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 and the, the voice it does say that there's an overbite. You can actually hear the overbite in the in the voice. And I, I think that there, there's a certain type of of, of peace and of a. That there's a gopher, a certain sort of rodentia, if you will. So I think Tom liked that. Yes. He, he likes voices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, don't be surprised if that comes up again. I will be prepared to do the uh, overbited voice. <laughs> if, 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 if it comes up, if, I won't uh, push it on uh, anybody at all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't listen to that, so I still have the MP3 actually saved in my email. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Do you, you don't? I, I think I have it somewhere. So I didn't listen to it. I didn't want to ruin it for today. I wanted to get it fresh from you. It's so. a scary thing that email has that kind of memory. Mm-hmm. It is right. Yeah. Or it's scary that I don't delete anything. <laughs> Maybe you're there's a, that. You're, you're a digital hoarder, is what you are. That is true, but I, you can hide that well. Unless somebody's looking over your shoulder. So you, uh, like you said, you live in uh, in Oregon now, Portland. I live in Portland. I've lived there since the eighties, and uh, my kids live there, and, uh, and uh, my uh, fiance just moved in. So hey, we'll yeah. see the, how that works. Uh huh. I, um, you know, I obviously you know the billion stereotypes about Portland, and in fact, one of the many things that came that popped into my uh, inbox when I searched. Uh, um, Dwight Slade was that it was some quotes from before the bridge what's it called bridge Bridgetown Comedy Festival yes. in Portland a really and there was an festival. article it must have been like the local paper there and it was people they were throwing out like all the uh, Portland jokes just to get them out of the way right 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 well it's one of the problems with Portland is that it's it's that you know and it's weird growing being in a city that has gone from being kind of a shitty city back when I first moved there with a great comedy scene, to mm. now kind of a showcase darling city of the U.S. You know, it's sort of, you know, uh, an eclectic brother that has come back from college. That's the way Portland, oh, he's, he's all weird. And, uh, but Portlanders think that they're hipper than everyone else, and they're not. And so w- what I find is that Portlanders are like, 
well, why don't you tell us the jokes that everyone that we're tired of hearing about Portland? And it's like what I did is I wrote a bunch of Portland jokes, and they've never heard them before. Right. It's like they, they don't try to second guess how hip you are about the jokes when you don't know what the jokes are. Anyway, but <laughs> that's so Portland. <laughs> it, 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 you know, it's frustrating that it is. Is that is what it is? Is that I don't know if you've ever been around someone who checks their reflection a lot. That, yeah, you know, that, like in a, in a window, or they're always adjusting their hair, or they're looking in the mirror too much. Mm-hmm. That's what living in Portland is like. Is like it's full of it, the town is constantly looking in the mirror at itself, going, "Ooh, aren't we? Look at us. We've got a hemp cap and." And tattoos, and and we're properly, we've got everything pierced in the proper order, and we're wearing thrift store clothing, and we've got an electric car that runs on French fry oil, and, you know, it's just, ugh, but. (laughs) Yeah, people always say, they go, is is it like Portlandia? Right. And I'm not really sure how to do that, because I haven't seen much of Portlandia. Uh, It's very funny, the stuff I've seen. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of that show. I like that show yeah, a lot. So. It's just basically it's an expose of white culture is what mm-hmm. it is. It's right. Not, not so much one town. Well, what's a better example of uh, – I wonder what's a better example of the real-life Portland. Is it Portlandia or is it – where do I have that here? What really happened the other day – oh, yesterday. Driver threw four pipe bombs out of his car. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I would say that that's definitely... A driver threw four pipe bombs out of his car while speeding away from police in southeast Portland uh, yesterday. The pipe bombs didn't explode when they landed on southeast Flavel. Flavel? Flavel. Flavel, obviously. Mm -hmm. I'm from the area. Flavel. But police evacuated nearby homes, blah, blah, blah. So which one's more... Yeah, that sounds like the area of town that I might be living in. Is that I, I live Flavel in a bit of a yeah. That's I live in northeast Portland, which is I believe this is where it happened, and, uh, and uh, not the best part of town. It's uh, even the milk comes in a forty ounce. <laughs> it's uh, a little bit rough. I live in the, it's the intersection of Thirty Third and Killingsworth, which the the street used to be called Sunningsworth, but they changed the name to more reflect the character of the neighborhood. Come on, and. Uh, it is a rough part of town, but it's still Portland, you know, so there's drive-bys, but they're in a Prius. You know, it's it's like they have shitty sustainable gangsters. You know, the meth is single origin, fair trade meth. Fair trade meth. You know, so it's it's just you can never escape from it at all. I need to know whose ass this baggie was up. <laughs> um, you're not. Are you uh, neighbors with... Um the, the pipe bomb guy? The accused pipe bomber, Neil Allen Panchow? It could be. And I bet he's between age 45 and 55. Almost. Yeah. 43. 43, yeah. That's generally the age where men, that's kind of in my demographic, that we wind up snapping. You, every story you hear about a guy, like, wandering in a traffic nude, you know, or wandering off into the forest, we don't know what happened to him. It's a guy in between his 40s and 50s. It's, it just, it's, it's our time that we just wind up losing connection with ourselves and just we either wander into traffic or we start building pipe bombs in our basement and uttering who we're going to get even with. Was there a close call for you? Anything you'd like to admit to? This morning. You know, I'm, every morning, every day, I have to deal with, you know. What, what I'm finding is my inner voice and my outer voice are starting to blur together and and the uh, and I don't always monitor one better than the other. So it's like, you know, I see a guy in a fedora, and I'm like, oh, that's, 
looks like a fucking idiot. Maybe I say it too <laughs> loud, you know, or, you know, we got to fucking wear the fedora. What are you, Zelda? <laughs> you know, are you Link? And uh, I bet you got a shitty hairline, asshole. And, you know, I, I just, I'm too judgmental, and it's starting to bleed out a little bit. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how my fiance describes me. Yeah, yeah, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get angry at people I don't even know that I've seen for 15 seconds. I judge them harshly mm-hmm. in 15 seconds. A- absolutely, they've done nothing. Nothing. Like, do you see this guy over here? Who? The guy eating the bagel? We just got here. I know. You see him? He's over there. <laughs> Who the hell eats like that? <laughs> Dwight, we just got... I know! You think I want to look at this chowder head sitting over there with his big fucking jaws? I'm eating my bagel. I'm going to have a bagel and eat it like this. You know? I'm going to get a bat and hit him in the back of the head. See, that's not healthy. That's not... That's a a cynicism gone awry. It is. I've got... I've become so obsessed with people, like, annoying me, uh, being annoying to me, around me. They've ever been, like, uh, uh, I've been stuck... In like the waiting room, like getting an, or the waiting room, like the uh, the lounge, like getting a uh, oil change, and there's somebody just doing something mm. that shouldn't even be bothering me no, because you're we in their be. presence. It's just well, I, and, and if then, anybody knew how much I want to kill this person, yeah, right well, now. in your defense, and in all of our defenses, there are insufferable inconveniences that that need to be called out. I mean, I was I was in, I was returning a rent a car. And I'm waiting to return the rental car, and they have the Muzak on. This is 6.30 in the goddamn morning, by the way. And they have the Muzak on and TVs. So there's a morning show, Good Morning America is on, and there's background music. Too much. And it's like my head is about to explode. And it's just one thing after another. And then, like, I was talking to a friend of mine. She goes, well, where are you from? And I said, Portland, Oregon. And she goes, oh, my friend Barry lives in Seattle. I went, oh. That's a different place. <laughs> Do you know how conversations work? <laughs> because this one's not working. You're, my What I say is supposed to come up that has a connection to what you say. <laughs> Just give me the bat. I know someone in Georgia. Yeah. Well, good for you. No. Yeah. Oh. That. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> well, it's the same continent. Good, good. Yeah. God, we got that under control. Nailed it. Nailed it. I also printed out something that I... You came uh, so prepared. Oh, more... Pre- I have nothing on you. I have your credit score, but that's it. Oh. Hey, that's getting better. Tell people it's getting mm-hmm. better. You can obviously afford a snow globe at a thrift store. <laughs> Not to take your fiancé's side on You know this. what? I had a uh, I had a 20% off coupon mm. when I went into the thrift store. I didn't even use it. I saved it. I'm going to save that for something that's a little right, more... This is suddenly the saddest moment I've had in a long time. <laughs> it could get worse. <laughs> I print... Well, how about... I'm going to get your reaction to this, if I could ever find it. I printed out a list of the... Uh, I don't remember if it was you or maybe it was Bronger, Matt Bronger, telling me about some of the strip clubs mm-hmm. in Portland and how unique they are. Do you have any experience in the... You've lived there long enough. You probably have some yeah, sort there's, of... I, I believe Portland has some distinction of being... It has more strip clubs than, than uh, churches. It also, within the city limits, it has the most strip clubs in the city limits. It has... Uh, uh, and, I, and I think that... Uh, there, and so there's a lot of competition. And as my friend was pointing out, uh, Dax, he says there's now uh, a lot of competition for stripper names... You know, cinnamon. You have to be very proactive to get that name. 
Yeah. And there's not a lot of them left. You know, they have to be a showdown to who's going to get Jasmine. So, <laughs> uh, but there's a vegan uh, yeah. strip club, which yeah. is a brilliant idea. Right. You know, just refried beans and, and tortillas, and uh, the meat is all on the bowl. <laughs> hey <right? laughs> It's like a Brazilian steakhouse, if you know what I mean, from here up. <laughs> there was a, uh, here's what I found. It was an A to Z. An A to Z list of the best uh, strip clubs in Portland. Wow. Now, we aren't going to go through A to Z. It would be awesome if I, like, quizzed you right now, and I was like, all right, what do you think A is, and you knew it? Do you have any idea? I don't know what What would be a strip club that starts with A? Acropolis. Acropolis. Have you heard of that one? I have. Does that exist? This is, I mean, I don't want people to get the the, the idea that I'm frequent between 26 different you know, judging them. Oh, it's very nice. Yeah, it's very nice. You but, sent me this, oh, all right? Only a small cesarean scar. I'll go for that. That's, that's <laughs> nothing a problem. But hey, I haven't, I haven't been to a strip club in years. Yeah. No, it's just like you could ask me about the ones here in Minneapolis. I might know a little. Mm-hmm. I know the names. So. My nightmare was that I was invited to do. This is when I was married. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last marriage. I was invited to do what was called the strippers ball, and it was a celebration of. I think one of the first women who owned her own strip club. Okay. can't remember her name, but she turned 40, she turned 50, and she, they were going to have a stripper's ball in her honor. Yeah. Because she, um, you know, was one of the first women to oh. have her own. Business. Pioneer. So they wanted a comic. And so uh, I said I would do it, and I didn't tell my wife because I just didn't want a lot of issues. Right. Yes, I was doing it for the money, but at the same time, when you get offered to do the strippers ball, you do the strippers ball. Sure. And so Absolutely. I go there, and uh, they're going to go. You're going to go on after the stripper, and uh, and so uh, which you know, oddly, you, you expect a stripper gig to be a nightmare, but it was actually pretty good because the guys are so ashamed of themselves <laughs> that they're just happy that another guy is there <laughs> in an awkward position. Right. You know, they're just you know, and you're making jokes about how shitty your sex life is, and they're going, "Yeah, me too. That's why I'm here." <laughs> But uh, I, I just remember a woman, uh, one of the, the dancers was there, and, and I noticed she had a tattoo of a spider on the back of her neck. And I said, is, is that, what is the significance of your spider? And she said, I just like black widows. I have another one. And she pulls up her pants and shows me her hoo-ha. Uh-huh. And there's spiders all over it, which I didn't know if that was a smart move or not. You don't want critters uh, down where you're uh-uh. doing business. No. But, Real uh, or fake, I don't want to see and, that. And it's just, it's, it's the only time in my life, by the way, that, that I've ever had a conversation. And just within the scope of the conversation, her vagina comes up. Right. It's just, it's not something you expect. No. So I go outside. I did my gig, and I'm going to go outside and leave. And I locked my keys in my car. I have no way to get home. And the only other set of keys my wife, no. my ex-wife has. No. I am so fucked. So what am I going to say to her? Can you come bail me out? Never mind these. <laughs> Where are you, honey? Right, exactly. There, you're going to see a lot, a lot of activity at this one <laughs> club called the Baker's Dozen, you know. And so I had to go back in, and it, it, the most uncomfortable conversations I ever had was looking for a coat hanger and a stripper's. In a, in a strip club because everyone's thinking look things got out of real control I've got to have an abortion now oh, no. no it was I, it's, just, it's just a weird do you have a coat hanger and people are like what do you need a coat hanger in a strip club for and I go yeah I just didn't expect this to happen as quick as it it can is. be plastic no I can't no I no 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 I gotta have yeah. so oh. it was just very very 
but finally I found a coat hanger. Thank goodness. I go like, why would women have coats here? We don't need a coat hanger. We're not wearing anything. <laughs> anyway, it was a very uncomfortable situation, oh and, and uh, but was able to get the car unlocked. Thank goodness. Yes. Thank goodness. Well, there's a couple of things I, I uh, that stood out to me as I was looking at the A to Z list of Portland. I've never been to Portland, so I mm-hmm. when I eventually do, you know, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna hold on to this. Sort of like, you know, part of my itinerary. I want to hit at least one of these up. There's a place called the Black Cauldron. Black Cauldron. Familiar with that one? I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Well, <clears throat> the thing that stood out to me, this one, this might be one of those vegan ones you were talking about. It said, uh, it, uh, unless you're vegan, you're probably better off with a beer and a stack of the house's uh, standard $2 bills. Is that a thing there as well? $2 bills I'm reading? Hmm. Okay. Uh, a soy burger or vegan mac and cheese made with nutritional yeast. Is on the menu yeah, there. Worked, uh, yeah, I don't think yeast should be on a menu at the. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you on that. Uh, how about Casa Diablo? I love how they. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've, I've heard of Casa Diablo, and uh, I, I my my DVD. Uh, I have a double disc DVD. Right, the uh, clean and the dirty. Right. right? Yeah. So for the dirty portion, uh, I had, and there's a joke to all this, but I had the house lights come down, and then I had women and. And uh, thongs, strippers. I got a guy to hire strippers for me, and they came out and they danced go-go style while I walked out for my second show. And the joke is, "Welcome to how every forty-year-old man sees himself." <laughs> and but a lot of the girls informed me of where they worked, and oh. and so Casa Diablo was one of the places oh, okay. where. where my stripper girls came from. Well, that's interesting that you say that now. It's a perfect time to include that, uh, Dwight, because uh, this person that put this uh, article together says when they went to Casa Diablo, they were told, stick around late enough and shit gets weird. Um, It was a stripper that was there was saying this and said, uh, in fact, if you stick around long enough, things go into other things, if you know what I'm saying. Don't know what you're saying. You know, you don't know what I, she's saying. I need, I need a picture of that. Yeah, I think that that's interesting. I, I think it's interesting that you are obsessed with the Yelp reviews of this, and I love that 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 Portland is such a foodie city that they're actually grading the food at the strip clubs. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Every one of these has a description. There's just one more I want to ask you about, and that one is called. Um, let's see here. It is the uh, oh the Silverado. I've heard of it. Yeah. You've heard of that one. What stands out about the Silverado? Uh, I guess the, um, I guess the, the six shooters, you know, which <laughs> six. means six guys standing around and jacking off onto the girl <laughs> on the stage. It's kind of an odd thing, but uh, you know, <laughs> you asked. Very competitive. Apparently, <laughs> it says here. It says here the uh, the Silverado is the first place recommended to any gay guy visiting Portland. Silverado is one of a few all nude male strip clubs in the country. Wow, huh? You should know about that. That's Did not know that. And there's a stripper's ball, baby. I I wouldn't be prepared for. <laughs> Honey, <laughs> a lot of guys maybe not as forgiving as the last stripper's ball I did. Honey, this is going to be even weirder. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, who? I just. You, you know what, though, if you locked your keys outside, you could have some of the guys come out and help you get into it. I think you'd have yeah, a lot more help. Yeah, I think thongs are good for male strippers, but boy, full none. It's just there's just a, too much appendage going yeah. on there. Yeah, it's, it just, <laughs> it's just. It's just. Yeah, boy, look at it. I think it's a stump. I think. <laughs> I want to ask you about one more thing here. 
brand new in the news like this week or so. Um, are, should we be worried that Seth Rogen is going to uh, the actions of Seth Rogen and what's his name Franco with this movie? Have you been seeing? They're they're threatening to like uh, yeah, nuke us. Yeah, thanks. Movie th- they're closing. They're taking the movie out of theaters before it was ever there. Well, I you know what I think that uh, the, the fact that 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 that's the extent of of satire is that it's is that comedians can now form international incidents, and that's a very it's a, it's a double-edged sword for a comedian because on the one hand you're like this is terrible we live in such a horrible world that doesn't understand but yay good job we're we're definitely in the mainstream now no <laughs> good point yeah. good point we're at defcon 5 and it's all because of a bunch of ball jokes yeah here's a, t- here's a testicle joke and now we're going to get it bombed you've never pissed off any world leaders have you <laughs> yeah well i you know not a lot of world leaders doing the gigs that i'm working so <laughs> Have you ever met a world leader? I don't think I've ever met. I've only. I've never met Mm-mm. anyone. I shook the mayor's hand once. Did you really? Yeah. Well, that's that's odd. That's my euphemism for jerking off. <laughs> sh- shaking the mayor's hand. Speaking of the Silverado, let's have a round of applause for the mayor. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. <laughs> We we should end there. That was perfect. <laughs> what uh, is there anything else we should mention that you have going on that people should look forward to? Any acting stuff you got coming up? Doing any acting? No, nothing booked. Nope. Nothing. No. Nothing at How about uh, are you selling anything at the shows? I have my double disc DVD. It's okay. available. You can also uh, email me, and I can uh, get it to you at a special uh, podcast rate. It goes for twenty dollars. I'll give it to you for fourteen ninety nine. So look at that. Just email me Dwight at DwightSlade dot com and said you heard it here and uh huh. And my CDs are always available, and um, and uh, so yeah, that's about it. At least one of which was recorded here at Acme. Yeah, right? uh, Evil Monkey was recorded here at Acme, and uh, it's, it's it's. I would listen to it the other day, and it's. Uh, I'm very proud of it. Awesome, uh, it's a fantastic awesome. CD. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh, I'm gonna say goodbye here to this podcast, hoping with the understanding that you and I are the only ones that are going to hear this. <laughs> I, have very, I have very little. It's just once a year, a year you, you formulate a, a fake conversation with me <laughs> under the guise of a podcast yes. and then go, there's no equipment. There's nothing recording. For, forget Dwight. I just, wanted to, I just wanted someone to talk to me about my fetish about going to strip clubs. <laughs> when is he going to catch on? <laughs> uh, Dwight, thank you very thank much. Thank you, man. Thank it's you. always a pleasure.